Welcome, everybody, to another episode, Hockey in the Classroom, episode five. As always, your co-host, Matt Wallacek, accompanied by my other co-host, Chiringo. How are we doing in Dallas today? Doing well. Nice 77-degree uh, day in, uh, in Big D, so got oh, to wow. run the Katy Trail in some, in some shorts, so that was great. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know what 70 degrees feels like anymore. It's great. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but Tony, we had a lot of uh, interesting things that happened this uh, this past weekend in college hockey. Um, and some of the stuff that's not even relevant to the games that happened. Uh, first is, uh, I mean, did you see uh, that article getting posted about Jerry York uh, not going to his Hall of Fame induction, uh, deciding to stay and and coach this weekend, The his boys, the uh, you know, for a big weekend. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why there's such an, like an outcry against Jerry York for staying with his team. Um, the thing that got him into the hall of fame. So, I mean, I feel it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. I mean, in my opinion, I thought that was the best thing for college hockey and, and hockey in general was, you know, he's got a, you know, college hockey is in full force right now. And you know, Jerry York is a guy that more than deserving of his Hall of Fame induction and congrats to him on such a stellar career. Uh, but to say, hey, this isn't about me. This is about the guys that I'm coaching and we got a big weekend here. I think that says more about him and his character than anything else. And, you know, stick taps from us to him. Um, you know, I think a couple uh, journalists kind of bashing him. Well, why would you skip that to coach college hockey in? Uh, well, I mean, it's college hockey. It, 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 like you just said, if this, he's going to the Hall of Fame because of that. Um, so, I mean, I was extremely impressed with the story that he decided not to go, even though it's such a such an honor. Um, and, and I'm with you. I don't know why people are giving him such a hard time on, on this right now. Yeah, like to me, this should be like a non-issue. This should even this should even be a talking point. But yeah, I, I agree. Course, what, it was probably the Canadian media has – made it a talking point. I agree. Um, and then, you know, a story that you texted me this weekend, which we we discussed briefly, That that's just, I mean, it's hilarious that we cannot not bring it up. And <laughs> and, that, and that's uh, uh, our boy, Josh Rieger. I mean, I don't know, Tony. I feel like we're going to see, if, I, we might have to see if we could get Josh Rieger on the podcast here one of these days. We got to talk about this. Uh, for those who didn't get to read this article, we'll post if we didn't post it on our Twitter. Uh, Josh Rieger, who was a healthy scratch uh, for Denver in the North Dakota series this weekend, uh, decided to go for a, a little, uh, you know, early dinner uh, at the Cherry Cricket and phone ringing and, and uh, finds out uh, basically what, Tony, 10 minutes before warmups. Hey, you're in the lineup, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other other guy got sick. Well, he does go out and score his first career goal as well. Uh, so yeah, happened. must have been the pound of buffalo wings he had uh, right before warmups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, before we actually move on, I mean, I, I think the funny part about this whole article that you sent me um, was the fact that he said, you know, that waitress got a huge tip because he didn't have time to wait for the change. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Josh Rieger, you get stick taps because that's uh, one hell of a way to get your first goal um, on a last minute uh, call to get your get your rear to the arena because you're playing tonight. Um, but uh, I think I, I think the wings are the new weed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if you're playing hockey, do what Josh Rieger did: show up late, eat a pound of wings, and get you and, and light the lamp. That's uh, that seems to be hockey in 2019 right now. <laughs> Uh, but Tony, uh, we had some we, interesting we, scores we, this weekend. <laughs> we did, we did. I think uh, we should start out east in the Atlantic Hockey Association. Um, a lot of the top teams, you know, kept kept hold. Sacred Heart got a sweep. Army got a sweep. Robert Morris got a sweep. Um, a team that I felt missed an opportunity. RIT. They uh, they got swept by Sacred Heart in what we said was going to be the series of the week. Um, but Sacred Heart looked really good. Um, they scored 12 goals on the weekend um, and really just dominated RIT and 
and I, I'm they're my team of the week. Yeah, same here. I had Sacred Heart, and you're right. We both, I think, had Sacred Heart. RIT is the game of the week for uh, last weekend, and I think I was quoted stating that both games would come down to one goal, and that just wasn't the case uh, for this weekend. Sacred Heart three one on Saturday, and Sacred Heart nine to five on Friday. Uh, Sacred Heart's offense is looking. Damn, damn good right now. Um, and it's hard not to consider Sacred Heart as a top ten uh, team in the in the country. I mean, just a big weekend, especially with RIT, who's right there behind them in the standings, at least in conference play. But RIT's defense, at least from this past weekend, Tony, uh, wasn't as sharp as I think they've been so far this season. And Sacred Heart took advantage. I think the most intriguing thing for me, also in that in that series, Sacred Heart did it away. So RIT uh, has redemption coming their way to do it at Sacred Heart later this season. So that's going to be a fun matchup when we get to that um, because I anticipate both teams being at the top of the standings when we get to that rematch. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't go as far as saying they're a top 10 team in the country, but they are making a good push right now um, to get that what will ultimately probably be the number 16 seed in the NCAA tournament when – when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, real quick before, like you said, uh, Atlantic Hockey, we didn't have a ton uh, of big things going on here. And like you mentioned uh, just a minute ago, the teams that we expected to win did win and in uh, big fashions here. But AIC, uh, 12-0 win Friday at Mercyhurst. Uh, I think the missed opportunity with the Mercyhurst team that's just not performing extremely well, and that's AIC uh, losing 4-3 to on Saturday to the so I think AIC missing an opportunity there. And then Air Force um, and Army, I just wanted to note real quick, I know they both started off the year slow and still offensively are struggling, but are contending week in and week out, in the, at least in conference play. Um, so, you know, Army and Air Force aren't teams that we want to sleep on, at least right now in the Atlantic hockey. Uh, those are not uh, weekends that uh, a lot of teams are walking out with two Ws. No, definitely not. Nice, nice uh, academy battle there. <laughs> um, Tony, real quick before we move on to uh, some ECAC action, uh, you got a, a matchup that you're liking to see in this uh, this coming up weekend. Um, the Army team you just mentioned will play host to RIT this weekend, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, I did have that one circle, but my matchup of the week will be Air Force at Robert Morris. So it looks like we got both Air Force and Army to look forward to this weekend. Absolutely. All right, switching gears here, Tony, a little ECAC action. Yeah, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here because I'll say it every single week. This is a very top-heavy conference. Um, they've got three teams that are ranked in the top ten right now, and then they have two teams that are receiving votes. Cornell comes in um, in the USCHO polls at number two in the country. Clarkson's at eight, and Harvard's at ten. Um, Cornell had a really, really good weekend. They beat Clarkson four to two and they beat St. Lawrence six to one. Um, Clarkson did beat Colgate five to one. Um, Harvard had a nice, had a really nice weekend. Um, they beat Brown four to one and Yale six to one. So just absolutely dominating performances by Harvard. Uh, Quinnipiac got a, got a couple wins and I mean, they may not have been blowouts or anything like that, but a couple wins is, is big in conference play to get up in those standings. They beat Union and RPI. And then uh, Dartmouth also got a couple victories. They beat Yale and Brown. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony, you, you, <laughs> I think we mentioned once a, once a week, uh, top heavy, and we might need to change the name of this podcast to top heavy college hockey. If we have to keep, <laughs> keep repeating that, but you're exactly right. Um, the ECAC is very top heavy and it, we are a broken record because we're going to say that year uh, all year round. My team of the week though was Cornell a uh, big win Friday at Clarkson, a Clarkson team. I know you're extremely high on it as me as well. Uh, a Clarkson team that you don't ever want to take lightly. And then they get the second win at a struggling St. Lawrence. We mentioned last week on the podcast, St. Lawrence losing their captain for the season due to injury. Um, and Cornell took advantage of that uh, with Three guys this weekend getting their first goals of the season. So stick taps to Mitchell, Malott, and Donaldson. Uh, nice weekend for Cornell and the boys uh, for some ECAC action. Uh, you know, Harvard 
it, it just keeps rolling. I, the one thing I've loved about the ECAC is, at least between Harvard and Cornell, is just the amount of offense we're getting out of the, both both squads right now. Uh, Harvard's just putting up points like like it's no one's business right now, 6-1 and 4-1 respectively this weekend. So Harvard's just uh, right now playing on all ends of the ice extremely well, uh, not giving up a lot of goals each weekend, uh, which is big, strong goaltending. So I'm loving I'm loving the Harvard, Harvard's play um, as of recently. And then, you know, I had a hard time picking Cornell as my team of the week because Quinnipiac, who – I know I was probably shitting on all last week, uh, not being that great of a scout, or maybe it was two weeks ago, uh, gets two big conference wins over RPI and Union that you just touched based on. Um, good, Nice weekend for it. I'm going to butcher these two last names because holy crap. Um, bon Giovanni and Coste. Uh, nice weekends for Quinnipiac. I know there were some debates if they're going to be a, a team that's rebuilding or if they just got to a slow start and – I think they're kind of trying to prove uh, the you know everybody wrong, the analysts, that they're not rebuilding. It was just a slow start. So we'll see how Quinnipiac uh, fares going down the road. Um, Tony, real quick, uh, any games that you're looking uh, forward to in ECAC action this weekend? The two teams you just talked about, Friday night, uh, Quinnipiac travels to Cornell, um, take on the Big Red. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the games right now. A lot of just like back and forth action. Uh, I know I was high on Princeton early in this year, and then they've kind of disappointed me as of recently. Princeton on Saturday will be at Cornell. Uh, Cornell, who, like we just talked about, is is playing extremely well, and they were my team of the week this past weekend. But uh, you know, let's let's just say maybe Princeton could walk in there with a with an upset. Who knows? Um, so we'll see how that fares in ECAC after this weekend. Oh, absolutely! Anything can happen in those in those wild ECAC matchups. <laughs> uh, okay, Tony, I think we're gonna head over to the WCHA. What do you say? Well, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Not really. Didn't seem like there was a ton of action. Um, Bowling Green was my team of the week, and the reason for it was they swept Anchorage. Anchorage isn't by any means one of the stronger teams in the conference, but anytime you can go up to uh, up to Alaska and get a sweep of either of those teams. That's a pretty good weekend. Um, Bemidji state got a split with Ferris um, tech swept uh, Lake superior state. Michigan tech had a really good weekend. Um, I'm looking ahead a little bit, my game of the week for next week. And I'm a little bit biased being a youper myself, but Northern Michigan, Michigan tech uh, home and home uh, game in Marquette and a game in Houghton should be a nice little rivalry there. Um, NMU did get the split with Alaska that, which we were definitely felt this was the game of the week. And I mean, it lived up to the billing, um, NMU got the win on Friday evening, two to one. Um, and then Alaska got their revenge Saturday, three to two. So two close hard fought games. Yeah. Uh, my team of the week this past week was Alaska. And, and it's like you mentioned, we did not have a lot of action, especially with Minnesota state off this past weekend. Uh, Alaska though, I, I think I, harp on them you know, at least every week if not every other week um i love their play I, even though offensively they just don't look as strong uh but they're hanging around in the wcha in the standings right now uh got a split against a good nmu team this past weekend uh justin young with a nice helper on friday and a goal saturday uh so that's why i had alaska as my team of the week um bemidji state missed opportunity against the bad Ferris State team. It's just uh, – Ferris State is just not not a good squad, at least early in the season. I know we talked about this last week. Uh, Coach Daniels is trying to turn that program around uh, in recent seasons, and it's, it's just been a struggle, and the struggle continues this year. Uh, not to say Ferris State's not going to walk away with some wins here. Uh, early on, though, Bemidji State, with the amount of offense and defense they have on that squad uh, – Competing at a high level in the WCHA right now, uh, fourth in the conference. Walking away from Ferris State with a split is just missed opportunity. Um, so Bemidji State looking to potentially rebound. Uh, I don't think they're playing this weekend. Oh, they are playing against Huntsville. So that's a that's just a rebound weekend for Bemidji State um, after a bad Ferris State split. 
Uh, and then BG, uh, Bowling Green, like you said, swept uh, Alaska Anchorage. Um, Bowling Green, a team that, uh, like I've mentioned in weeks prior, not a strong offensive team, but a strong defensive team. Uh, and BG will hang around in WCHA. I don't think they're going to finish out on top in the one to two spot, but uh, top five, definitely. Uh, so BG will have um, more to prove later this season. Uh, you mentioned your game of the weeks that you're looking forward to with uh, Northern and Michigan Tech. For me, Tony, there's just not a lot to pick from in the WCHA this coming up no, weekend. No, wasn't. Uh, um, I'm just going to just be honest here. Um, but Ferris State, you know, coming off a, a good split for them, even though I was just shitting on uh, the series or the, the weekend for Bemidji. But Ferris State's coming off uh, – for them, that's a good weekend, a good split against a good Bemidji State. They got to make the trek to Alaska. Alaska, who's playing well, but like I said, Alaska is just offense is just it's not as strong as the rest of the WCHA, like a Minnesota State and so forth. Uh, so, Fair State, do they take this you know momentum they get from this past weekend, bring it to them, bring it with them to Alaska, and, and try to walk away with maybe another split or a sweep? We'll see. Uh, I have Fair State in Alaska as my game of the week this this coming up weekend. This might be that that opportunity for Alaska to not split a series, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering that I've uh, been talking about Alaska this since, since we started this podcast, I would like for them to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps your credibility. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. There's not much to help there. Um, all right, Tony. Now I think we're going to start getting into what um, we saw all weekend, which was just a lot of back-and-forth action between some of our – uh, bigger uh, hockey conferences and teams. Uh, I think we're going to start in the Big Ten. What do you say? Let's do it. Um, go, you, yes. go, you go ahead. Go ahead. All righty. So um, Michigan, Michigan State. Well, Michigan got the best of Michigan State in football. Um, Michigan State got the better of Michigan in, in hockey. Um, they won Thursday night 4-3, to three, and then Saturday got the, got the shutout. Um, Logan Lambden scored the game winner on the power play on Thursday night. Um, so nice, nice weekend for Sparty. Uh, Michigan is struggling hardcore this year. Um, another rebuild for, for U of M. Um, Wisconsin and Notre Dame. I, you know, Wisconsin had a great weekend. We talked a lot about them needing to rebound. Um, they got the split. They won the game uh, Friday night, three, nothing. So, they got some nice defense on Friday, some nice goaltending. Um, and then Saturday night, they fell in overtime, um, four to three. Alex Steve scored the game winner for Notre Dame on Saturday. Um, and then Penn State was back to their scoring ways. Um, they outscored Minnesota in a sweep, uh, 14 to five on the weekend. So Penn State, Penn State for me was my team of the week. Um, yeah, it, for me, this was hard. I wanted to pick Penn State. Um, I had Michigan State last week as my team of the week. And, you know, they get a win over Big Brother. Like you mentioned, they did not get the win in football, but they got two wins against them this weekend in hockey, which on this podcast, that's all that matters. And so, MSU, uh, congrats. You're my back-to-back, first back-to-back on the podcast, team of the week uh, with the sweep over U of M in the home-and-home series. Um, That rivalry goes back since the start of college hockey, Tony. Um, it's not the same that it used to be back in the day, even when we were in college and even way prior to that. Um, it's a series of, what, two new coaches or newer coaches in the last couple seasons. Uh, a lot of, especially for Michigan, I know in recent years, a lot of kids that have been one and done that go to the pros. Uh, so you kind of you love and hate to see that as a college hockey fan because you want to see these kids succeed at the next level. But after one year uh, for your school to see them leave also never, <laughs> never a fun thing. Uh, Cause then you don't know <laughs> who's coming in to replace them the next year. But uh, you know, like you said, the shutout Saturday, uh, they were spreading the puck around a lot of guys this past weekend for MSU getting their first notch on the, on the tallies here. And then uh, Saturday, uh, I thought this was very interesting of all the, uh, so what they had five goals total. Uh, and I think four out of the five were all in the power play. Um, 
so that was, I thought, kind of an intriguing statistic there uh, for that game. Uh, you mentioned Penn State with uh, getting back to their their fashion there and their offense. I, I, I mean, I know we mentioned it last week. They had, or was it two weeks ago? They had the players only meeting after that one loss, and I think they've just been rolling ever since. A big, big sweep against Minnesota, Sam. Sternshine, Sternsheen, I don't know, I'm butchering that again, probably three goals this weekend, um, and strong just defensively on the blue line. Uh, Penn State right now is leading the way in the Big Ten, um, mainly, too, because they got help from Wisconsin uh, splitting with Notre Dame. And, Tony, I think we talked about this last week for as I go into Wisconsin-Notre Dame. Uh, I think we mentioned it. If Caulfield's on the – you know, getting goals, Wisconsin's uh, probability of winning is very, very high. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you take, I mean, Cole Caulfield's one of the best goal scorers in the country. Um, and he got, he got one Friday night and then Saturday he had a couple, cu- couple helpers, which great to get back on the stat sheet. And I mean, that's, I almost feel like at this point, Wisconsin's going to be in one of those situations that he goes, they go. Yeah, no, and I think we've talked about that for the last couple of weeks. And one of the things I think if you're a Wisconsin hockey fan, you you don't like hearing. Um, so you're hoping that Caulfield, uh, you know, you never want to hear also say that, hey, the freshman's got to lead the way for these guys. But in Wisconsin's case, that might be for this season because uh, this kid's got a rocket. Uh, but if he's not getting it past any goaltenders, he's not getting help to get those uh, to get those goals. Wisconsin is going to struggle to get wins because right now they're not defensively strong by any means uh, in, in any facet of the, of the game. So it's Wisconsin's offense is really going to have to carry them majority of the season uh, while they try to finally tune that defense. Notre Dame though, is a, uh, again, just a strong weekend. I know uh, splitting with Wisconsin and you say strong weekend might not really go together well. Uh, Wisconsin, even though strong, struggling defensively, Tony, I think we can agree Wisconsin is still a very good team. And Jeff Jackson to get Notre Dame back in uh, back in their group Saturday with a bounce-back win for the split is what Notre Dame really needed for this past weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think these teams really – really lead themselves well into this, into the next weekend's matchups. Um, I'm really looking forward to Ohio state at Penn state. I think Ohio, so Ohio state had a, had the weekend off last weekend. Uh, Penn state definitely got some of that momentum and some of that mojo back um, in their big victory over Minnesota. I have that as my game of the week, but the border battle will be taking place next weekend, Wisconsin at Minnesota. They travel to Mariucci. Um, both games will be on Fox Sports uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Um, another one, Michigan State's been playing good hockey, and they will host former CCHA rival Notre Dame. Yeah, I uh, I was I'm looking at that Michigan State Notre Dame going. I wonder if that if that's going to be my game of the week to watch because Michigan State, like you just said, is playing very, very good uh, hockey as of lately, and then you get a strong Notre Dame team coming in and. The series is that that we love is the old CCHA rivalries, and that is one of them. You mentioned Ohio State, Penn State, Penn State, who's found their groove the last couple weekends, uh, really lighting the lamp as of lately. And then Ohio State off a sweep at Notre Dame, and then the bye last weekend. So you're hoping Ohio State, who's a good offensive team, and in the last couple seasons has been contenders in the Frozen Four playoffs. Uh, Ohio State, can they come back into this weekend at Penn State? Penn State, that's a hard arena to play in. The student section right on top of you behind one of the – I don't know which side of the net it is, but they're on top of you on, on one end of the ice. That arena's loud. It gets crazy. And Ohio State's got to go in there and at least try to get a split with Penn State and and keep the point tally in the conference close uh, as we go deeper and deeper into the season. The last thing Ohio State wants is Penn State to walk away with a sweep and start really pulling away uh, in the standings, at least in conference play. With right now Penn State at 15 points, you don't want to see them extend that even further and make this a more difficult for the bottom teams to try to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. And it should be noted that we talked about the Michigan-Michigan State football game on the same weekend. 
um, is the hockey series. It's, it's happening with Ohio State and Penn State this weekend as well. Oh, wow. I wonder if the Big Ten did that on purpose. <laughs> they may. I, I, I want to say a couple years ago, Michigan and Wisconsin were playing in Madison for both football and hockey the same weekend. Oh, that's interesting. Um, before we uh, switch gears here, Tony, you know, you mentioned the border ballot, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I love and hate this matchup. I love it because we're going to get a lot of offense. I love it because it's just an old school rivalry, right? Former WCHA rivalry, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that is correct. I hate it because both teams defensively are terrible. Um, so I, I mean, <laughs> there's just no good way to put it. Minnesota's defense, I don't know if they're just as bad or worse than Wisconsin. Let's at this point, let's just say they're just as bad. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to come out on top though, because I think Wisconsin's offense is just a, is a lot better if they're clicking and Caulfield gets on the board. If, if they hold Caulfield off the score sheet, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota walks away with the wins on those days. So we'll see how though how that series fares this weekend. So it's going to be intriguing. I, if anything, it's going to be a very high scoring game. That's what I'm going to leave it on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Uh, all right, Tony. Uh, I think we uh, let's switch gears here to a little bit of a NCHC hockey right now. Yeah, the NCHC, um, a strong conference, like I mentioned with the ECAC earlier. They also have three teams in the top 10. Um, and then Omaha is coming in at 18, and, and WMU is coming in at 20, while CC is receiving votes. So, really, six of the eight teams in the conference are either ranked or receiving votes. So, really strong conference top to bottom. And, and I mean, as this weekend showed, you really can't expect – to go into any weekend and get six points um, without being in a dogfight. WNU and Omaha, which was my series of the week last week. um, No, it was not. I take that back. It was one I was really looking at, though, because of the the top 20 matchup. Um, They split WMU one on Friday, three to two. Omaha got the six, three victory on Saturday. Um, The one that I didn't see coming was Duluth and Miami. Um, Miami uh, got the victory Friday night. Well, three to one while Duluth came back on Saturday and, and got the revenge with three, two victory. Uh, Colorado college had a great weekend sweeping St. Cloud state. And then North Dakota with, I would say is probably the team of the week in all of college hockey this week. Um, Picked up a big five of six against Denver um, with a one, one tie on Friday. And then won it. um, It was a one, one tie. They've got the extra point in three on three overtime and then won four to one on Saturday. So Big weekend for uh, North Dakota. Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, NCHC hockey, I love I love this conference. Uh, some people, I'm sure, might think I'm a little bit biased here. Uh, but it's just hockey that never disappoints uh, from the one to the eight team. Uh, I will say this before I mention my team of the week. Even though this is early in conference play, uh, I think only two teams right now have only got two games in conference play under their belt. The rest of the uh, team, uh, six teams have four. So we don't have a lot of games under our belt right now in conference play, but so far from the games we have seen, I would have never thought that I would see St. Cloud and Denver, the bottom two in the conference. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean a whole lot because we don't have a lot of action so far in conference play, but it's just intriguing to see that because Tony, I think what NCHC has been around for what, six years now at least. Yeah, I believe so. And I don't think Denver, St. Cloud have ever seen north of the four spot. Um, so uh, so it's something, maybe, I don't know, screenshot that and post that because I don't think it's going to last longer uh, than this past weekend. But Colorado College was my team of the week, a sweep over St. Cloud. It's a Colorado College that I've been high on since kind of mid last season. Coach Havlin really ever since walking through the doors. Um, has turned that program around and, and has them just really progressing every weekend and getting better. And it, it's starting to really show because St. Cloud is a great team and has been for a long time, even after the departure of uh, Coach Motzko. Uh, St. Cloud is still a strong program and will continue being a strong program. But this is what I love about the NCHC um, because this is how close it's going to be all year from the one to the eight spot. The, this conference is not going to be a one-team conference this season. 
in the last couple seasons, one team runs away with it, and then we're fighting between two and four. Uh, this season, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, so Colorado College, nice uh, sweep over St. Cloud. Uh, I just want to mention in that series, uh, CC had a lot of guys uh, with their first notches of the year. So congrats to Taps to those guys that got their first goals this season and hopefully continue to put uh, more points on the board uh, for Colorado College. Uh, you mentioned Miami. Miami, a team that just historically has always had good teams. Uh, we know we what mentioned maybe the first or second episode of the podcast, you know, Rico Blasi no longer a part of the program. So they're really trying to find their new identity in Oxford. And to get a split against a great UMD, te- uh, UMD team, back-to-back now defending champs, uh, Monty Graham, nice two points uh, this weekend or I'm sorry, on Friday, Saturday, a lot of power play goals, four out of five, uh, even though Miami did walk away with the, with the loss there. So Miami's still trying to find, like I said, their, their identity uh, under a new regime. Uh, but I don't think that's going to take very long for them, because, just from the history of that program. So Miami will still, I think, be a contender in this conference. I still have them finishing towards the bottom. But this weekend against UMD um, definitely shows you that uh, you cannot take Miami lightly, nor should you ever take Miami lightly. And, and I want to bring something up about um, Denver. I was just looking at their, at their schedule, um, refreshing my memory. I, they, so, yeah, they, they don't have a win in conference play yet. However, their games have been at Duluth and versus North Dakota. So, they're really running the ringer early on. You're getting some of those very, very difficult matchups out of the way. Um, And that leads me into my game of the week. Um, Western Michigan at Denver is what I have down as, as my NCHC game of the week. And, and quite frankly, one of the series that I'm really looking forward to nationwide this weekend. Yeah. uh, This uh, conference uh, with the games this weekend and the games coming up, you know, for the rest of the season, especially at the way this is how the conference is going to be all year, which we both anticipate. Uh, it's going to be, every game on the schedule is going to be a game of the week, the way that uh, all these teams play hockey. Um, and that's just a fact. Um, you know, North Dakota though is, is very strong right now. I, and it's just always been a strong program. That's everybody in college hockey knows that even if you aren't a, uh, a college hockey fan, you probably have heard North Dakota before. Uh, in years past, I did not anticipate North Dakota having this strong of a start, though. Um, so kudos to North Dakota for proving me wrong, at least. Um, and it's just uh, it's great for the NCHC. Western Michigan right now at number two in the conference. Uh, not a great split for them. Uh, they played extremely well Friday with a 3-2 win against Omaha. Uh, Omaha, you know, I know that's a team, Tony, that you've talked about in recent weeks. Uh, that's after watching this past weekend, I can see why Omaha is a very strong team. They do tend to get off to a slower start, but they do uh, rally in the second and third period. Um, third period, they looked very good. And Western uh, Saturday had a lot of injuries. That's no excuse, though, uh, though they were uh, not only were they missing about, I think, five or six of their top players. They also didn't have Andy Murray on the bench as well for that game. Um So Western did struggle um, in that game uh, early. They tried to make a run late, and then uh, Omaha just walked away with a 6-3 win at Lawson. Um, But, you know, you said Western and Denver. I had that originally circled on my – as my game of the week uh, for this weekend, and I switched it last minute. Um, Colorado College at Minnesota Duluth, that's going to be a fun, (laughs) fun series to watch the way Colorado College is playing. And Minnesota Duluth coming off a split at Miami, or I'm sorry, was that at Miami? It was at Miami. Yeah, yeah, Duluth was at Miami. So Duluth coming off a split, which is, in my opinion, if we're just talking NCH, NCHC hockey, you know, you can classify that as a missed opportunity for Duluth because they are a strong program. So they will be looking to rebound, and then Colorado College, like I mentioned, coming off a strong. Uh, weekend and so far the uh, strong starts of their season. Uh, so that well, I'm going to have CC as my game of the week as uh, for NCHC hockey. Awesome. 
And I guess that leads us to our to our last conference um, on the men's side, and that is that is Hockey East. Yeah, Hockey East, which Tony we've talked about all year, is is just a strong college hockey conference, and it's it's going to be a strong ho- college ho- uh, college hockey conference to the end of the season. Uh, you know, just real quickly, just to run through some of the scores here um, on Friday. You know, Maine, New Hampshire, Maine gets a win, three one. Uh, BU over UMass, 4-3. That's a nice win for BU. Providence over Northeastern, 3-2. And then BC, 5-1 over Vermont. And UConn, 3-3 tie with UMass Lowell. Uh, Saturday, real quick, Northeastern over Providence, 7-3. UMass, 4-1 over BU. BC, 3-0 shutout over Vermont. Maine, a nice 2-1 win over New Hampshire. And then UConn gets a nice win, two-one over UMass Lowell. Yeah, I mean, for me, I definitely think my disappointment of the week has to go to Lowell. Um, Lowell's still number fifteen in the polls right now. Um, however, that's that's not the results you want when you're when you're playing one of the lower teams in the conference. That those are the opportunities, the missed points when you're looking at the end of the end of the season and you're maybe sitting a few points back of, of where you want to be. Those are the games you're really going to look at. Um, kind of what I expected in the Providence and North Providence Northeastern and UMass BU series, home teams each get a win. Um, it's kind of what you expected with four great teams. Um, UMass currently sits at number seven in the polls. Uh, Providence comes in at 12, Northeastern at 13. Um BU is a little bit down, but it's BU. They're still a great program. Um, Maine, I felt, had a great weekend uh, getting a sweep of UNH. Um, I would almost argue they might have been my team of the week in, the, in Hockey East. Yeah, uh, it, it was hard to pick a team of the week, but, it, you know, UConn uh, getting the uh, tie 3-3 on Friday and then the two win over UMass Lowell, you touch base UMass Lowell missing out on those points, uh, toward, especially when it comes towards the end of the season and you hit it right in the head. Uh, if, if it comes down to one or two points, you can look back at this week, this past weekend and say, well, yeah, that was a missed opportunity with not only tying UConn, who was at the time, I believe, last in this conference and struggling like no other. Uh, and then UConn again, 2-1 on Saturday, and at home and home, I think what's even more impressive for UConn was that they get the win uh, on the road at UMass Lowell. So uh, missed opportunity for UMass Lowell, uh, especially getting a 2-1 loss at, in their own barn there. Uh, so stick tasks to UConn. That's a big uh, conference win, not just conference, but just a big overall weekend for them uh, because that's a team that it, it, we won't see really making a playoff push towards the end of the year. At least we don't anticipate it, um, but uh, just a nice solid weekend from them. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about Tony. I think I think almost every week, and that's Maine. And Maine just keeps on rolling. Uh, you know, two one over New Hampshire on Saturday, and three one on Friday. Uh, they just not huge offensive games, um, but they're getting the they're getting the wins that they need to get. Uh, and they're what three in the conference right now with one point behind UMass Lowell and they're tied for second with BC. Uh, you know, it's hard not to say that Maine right now is looking like a good contender to win the, to win hockey East, even though we know hockey East is a conference right now that at least what the top eight teams can all call win the conference. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that and it's just, it's the same with the, with the big 10 and the NCHC um, win those games that, I guess it could be for any conference. Win the games that you're supposed to and then pick up a couple games that maybe you aren't supposed to. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do, especially in college hockey, because uh, for any new listeners, college hockey, you're only playing two games a week, Uh, Friday, Saturday. uh, Every once in a while, we sprinkle in a random Tuesday or Thursday game in there, like last week, uh, Big Ten. And usually next week, too, Yeah, uh, given uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, with the holidays and some of the – tournaments we'll see uh towards the end of uh what december and i think they have another one maybe to start 2020 um so you know you sprinkle in a couple of those random tuesday and thursday games that catch everybody off guard but you're only getting two games a week to make a difference 
the last thing you want to do is leave points on the table, at least especially when you're playing an opponent that you know you should be walking away with with two wins. So um, that's why I think what makes – at least for me, that's why I love college hockey because every game, the whole season, it matters. You never want to leave points on the board um, because at the end of the season, when we talk about the pairwise and going into the Frozen Four tournament, and we see a lot of these bubble teams, they're going to be kicking themselves, wondering why did they get knocked out. And it could come down to a matter of one or two points that they left on the board early this season. It could be a, it could be as simple as a puck hitting the stanchion in one of the first games of the year in overtime and bouncing right out in front of your net and losing because of that. Yep. Um, Tony, I know we were kind of joking, uh, but at all serious too, <laughs> the upcoming games this weekend, there's just not a lot really to look forward to. I mean, at least on paper, we, we have a lot of games where hopefully these teams that should win are walking away with wins. Um, but for the games that we do have on the docket here, are there, is there one that you're intrigued at at least keeping your eye on this weekend? Maine Northeastern. Yeah, I think that's hard not to say <laughs> that that one's going to be a, a fun one because both squads are playing very well this this year so far. Northeastern at five in the conference right now, just under Maine with seven points. Maine's at 10. Um, and Northeastern's uh, got a good offense right now, uh, but both teams playing defensively well, so that one will be intriguing. Uh, I'm going to go with you on this one just because I, the rest of the games I'm just – I don't know about. Um, you know, Merrimack at UMass, you know, you think in UMass has got to walk away with a uh, sweep there. Um, at a home and home, Michigan's at New Hampshire. Michigan's just is just not playing well, and it just continues to get worse and worse each weekend. And New Hampshire is going to try to rebound this weekend again, you know, against a struggling Michigan. Uh, Vermont, who's last in the hockey East right now, is going to BU uh, for both Friday and Saturday. BU is going to, uh, you know, we're anticipating walking away with a sweep there. Vermont is 0 and 5 in the conference right now, and is just cannot put anything on the scoreboard. Um, and then lastly, UConn at Providence. Um, Providence might have two of the top offensive players in the nation right now. And UConn, even though played extremely well against UMass Lowell, I don't anticipate that continuing going to Providence. Uh, but, you know, UConn, maybe maybe they will shock me and walk away with at least a split. If that, if that is the case, then I think we can consider UConn could potentially be a contender at least for uh, to finish in hockey, at least in the middle of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony, I think we can, uh, we're going to switch over to uh, women's hockey here now that we've got all the, the men's uh, conferences covered. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, this is going to be in a couple weeks. Um, it'll be next Friday and Saturday in, in Nashville. So we have the Country Classic. It is um, four top ten teams. So we'll see – Wisconsin, Minnesota, Boston College, and Harvard. Um, so the t- Minnesota will take on BC and Harvard, and Wisconsin will take on BC and Harvard. Um, so kind of mixing up the the Midwest and the and the Eastern teams there. But that should be an incredible weekend. Um, right now, as it sits, Minnesota is number one in the rankings. Wisconsin comes in at two. Uh, Boston College comes in at six, and Harvard comes in at at nine. Um, wasn't a whole lot of surprises or anything last week um most of the top teams picked up some victories um northeastern probably had the biggest victory they played this was actually yesterday we're recording on a wednesday um northeastern defeated boston college um so that's a big that's a big victory for northeastern um Boston College got a nice victory against BU last Friday. Uh, again, like I mentioned, fell to Northeastern. However, the big game of the week, though, um, had to have been um, Duluth and Ohio State. Ohio State picked up a big a big weekend um, against Duluth. They got the win on Friday night, got the tie on Saturday. Um, it should be noted that Maddie Rooney is the goaltender still for, um, for Duluth, a uh, big name in, in women's hockey. Um, yeah, so – a lot of a lot of the same teams that we can expect to see around here all year. Now, next week there is a big game coming up, um, and that is Minnesota at Minnesota Duluth. I'm really excited to see that matchup, number one against number ten in the country. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Tony, I know we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, and uh, I was going through the standings here and just looking at the amount of offensive output from a lot not, – not really just the top teams, but all these teams. This is just – I mean, on incredible. I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Um, and that's and you might have, because I know you follow co- uh, women's college hockey a lot more closely than I have in recent years. Um, but I mean, Wisconsin, seventy-three goals already this year through fourteen games. I mean, come on, that's just unreal. Minnesota, ten games in conference, forty-three goals, sixty-three overall through fourteen. That's just in the WCHA. Ohio State's the number two team I'm seeing right now in the conference and lighting the lamp just as much, but not that same caliber. They got 43, but they're giving up what looks like quite a, quite a few goals. Uh, this is just incredible, the amount of offense. I mean, I'm going through Hockey East right now, scrolling. BC's got 50 right now in the season, 50 goals. Um, you know, ECAC, Clarkson, who's towards the bottom, it looks like, at least in conference play, 48 goals already so far. I mean, this is just incredible. And, you know, not so much I can't quote from watching college hockey uh, because I just don't have the the same knowledge and experience as you do. So I'll let you correct me if I'm misstating anything. But when I watched uh, the women's U.S. and Canadian teams uh, in the last Olympics, and I know a lot of those women played college hockey um, and the offensive strategies – that you see in women's college hockey is, and I think I talked about this maybe a week or two ago and what makes it so fun to watch is it's so, so strategic. I mean, it's tape to tape passing. It's a lot of moving around. Uh, No one's really standing around waiting Um, and a lot of shots from a lot of different angles. And it's just, it's fun. I mean, I know it's not the same, like, you know, in men's hockey, we have hitting right women's hockey. We don't have hitting. Is that correct? That is correct. So no hitting, but it's a lot of speed and a lot of strategy, a lot of puck moving. Um, and and that's uh, for any hockey fan, um, you know, new or, you know, an experienced hockey fan. That's and for me, that's fun to watch um, just to watch that kind of play. Uh, you know, the breakouts are so strategic and so clean, uh, you know, when it comes to a defensive strategy, I mean, it's it's just clear and cut, you know, what they're doing. And so watching the production in women's college hockey like that, it's so fun to watch. And, and to see it on paper, too, you could, it just it's evident that the uh, the production's there. Um, and, you know, I know we uh, Tony, you posted on the Twitter, the uh, uh, women's uh, women's hockey article, right, about the about the pros um, and. I just want to say, you know, with the amount of uh, women's hockey programs we have here, I hope we see more professional women teams develop and leagues established because we have so much talent right now in women's college hockey, it looks like, that we want to continue seeing them not only on the Olympic stage or the national stage, but the professional stage. So, uh, I mean, this is, this is just fun to see, and it's going to be fun to see uh, towards the end of the year Uh, the teams that, you know, finish out on top and are contending for the national title. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a game that's just going to grow as the popularity of the sport grows. Um, And and that's a great thing. Um, We we are definitely seeing though a lot of, a lot of players that are some of the best, like um, all Americans choosing to go play overseas in like Sweden and whatnot. Um, But I I do want to add that, Wow, one of the players of the week this week, I want to say nationwide, maybe it's just in the WCHA, was Abby Rock. I mentioned her last week. Um, this is a very pro Abby Rock podcast, so uh, <laughs> shout out to her. We might have to see if we can get her on the podcast one of these days, get a, get an interview here. Yeah. Um, but, so, I mean, so that kind of wraps up. Tony, there's one thing I think that we did leave out for the men's side that I just want to touch base, not, not real uh, lengthy here. Uh, because I don't want people to go, hey, they didn't talk about Arizona State. Um, Arizona State didn't play last weekend. They did have the weekend off. Um, but I did want to touch base with uh, with Arizona State going into this weekend. Um, you know, it's a team that has been a little bit up and down. Um, they're an independent squad. You know, Tony, I know you and I were both saying, come on, we got to get this this team in a, in a uh, conference here. It, 
two what this is their third season now it's about time we we figure this out which conference is going to is going to take them um because we want to see them compete uh not only on a national stage but in conference play because this is a good team um they are coming off a split against Alaska as we probably mentioned last weekend uh and they aren't playing until next weekend so they got two weeks off uh they will be playing after Thanksgiving um Vermont at home uh, so that's a nice rebound weekend from them after a split against Alaska, uh, a Vermont team that's struggling. And then, and then while Arizona state's got a hell of a schedule coming up after that, that's all I could say after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have a weekend off until uh, the last weekend in February. Not even, I mean, it's not even just, they have a weekend off, but after Vermont, you got to play Denver, go to a, a Michigan state that's uh, playing very well. Then you got to play at Omaha. Then you bet you better figure out how to slow down a Harvard offense. I mean, December uh, is going to be you know if if Arizona State walks away with a lot of splits that that month, uh, that's a that's a big victory for them because they got a lot of good teams that got to play in the month of December and even after that. Uh, so Arizona State uh, not playing this weekend, like I just mentioned, will be back in action. Uh, against Vermont in Tempe on the 29th. So I wanted to cover that because I didn't want people thinking we forgot about them. No, we definitely didn't. No. <laughs> it's hard to forget a team that's got a guy named Johnny Walker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, Tony, that's, uh, I think that's all I got for, for the podcast. I know, is there anything else that we, uh, that we missed that we want to cover here? No, nah, not this week. Not this week. All right. Well, I, one, thing, one, one thing I think we should mention, though, this uh, in the next really week, uh, Stars and Hawks play twice. Oh, okay. I'll be there sat. I'll be there Saturday <laughs> night at the American Airlines Center. Well, maybe we need to put a. Maybe we need to put some beers on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, the Hawks were looking pretty good up until I think it was last night. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could afford putting up beers on the Hawks right now. <laughs> Hey, d- don't worry. I, d- I, d- I drink PBR, so you're good. Oh, nice. There we go. Keep it classy. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got for this week. And uh, as always, you know, enjoy the college hockey this weekend. We'll, we will be in touch next week as we cover this uh, coming up weekend. All right. Class dismissed. There we go. <laughs>